Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue on 855 AM, 3CR Community Radio. You're in the studio today with Fum and Andrew, and we have a guest today, which is Matt Testoni of the Spider Crab Alliance, uh, which is a group that was recently started in response to community concerns about overfishing of spider crabs. So stick with us, because we are also going to live draw the winners of our fundraiser. Exciting. Uh, our fundraiser... What would you call this, Andrew? Raffle. The raffle. The <laughs> raffle. All right, everyone. Stay tuned on 855 AM, and we will be right back with you after the community announcements. <laughs> I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others were... The recognition of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. Welcome back, everybody, to Out of the Blue with Andrew and Farm today. It is the 23rd of June, 2019, and it is bloody cold outside. <laughs> oh, my God. The grass was frozen under my feet when I was walking oh, the dogs this morning. And lots of fog out the eastern suburbs, too, particularly, but I can yeah, see it coming in over the west coast. It's unbelievable. foggy. Um, I heard that it's even foggy on the coast at the moment, so if you're going to go for a surf, be careful. Absolutely, <laughs> yep. Make sure you drive with your lights on to get down to the beach, and then, uh, yeah, keep your wits about 
when you, about you when you get there. Yeah. So you're on Out of the Blue today on 3CR, uh, on your digital, also live on the radio, 855 AM and 3cr.org.au. If you are missing out on this show today, we will be podcasting as well. So get your podcast online. And today in the studio, we have Matt Destoni of the Spider Crab Alliance, and we're going to talk about spider crabs. Welcome to the studio, Matt. Thanks for having me. So spider crabs are one of those amazingly natural phenomena that we get in the bay which is so super special they they aggregate in the shallows near Blair Gowrie and Rye Piers on the Mornington Peninsula every year by the tens of thousands and they come in midwinter to molt under the full moon now they need to molt when they grow because they have a hard shell or a, a carapace and that doesn't grow with them so they make sure they all get together, climb all over each other, make these massive, massive mounds of, of crabs to have that safety in numbers. And they all shed their shells at the same time. And a new shell underneath is still really soft when they, when they come out of that. So the crabs can expand their size a little, and that's how they grow. Mm-hmm. So it takes a few hours. I think it's like 12 hours or something for, wow. that, for that shell to then sure. harden again. So in that time, they're really vulnerable, and that's why they all get together yep. in a big aggregation. Um, and the most wonderful thing is when you go diving or snorkeling at that time because they will attract all these massive predators like smooth stingrays and mm. seals and uh, even cormorants, I think, will go for a dive for them and try and pick them off. Oh. Um, and then once they have finished molting for the year, they disperse again into the deeper areas of Port Phillip Bay and they just kind of, yeah, just disappear mysteriously. Unreal, in isn't it? That's yeah. incredible. So when they, uh, just yeah, you were talking from about the, the molting process, um, I know for a fact that that's something that happens with a lot of, obviously, crustaceans, a lot of them follow suit and they do the same sort of thing. In aquaculture, the uh, if you're t- culturing black tiger prawns, say, the, the, the aquaculturists always lose a certain percentage of the crop when the molting happens because, like you said, they're super vulnerable, super soft, and they just get ripped apart by their, their counterparts. Um, do we know spider crabs? Obviously, they're not as cannibalistic as other crustaceans. Oh, I have no idea, Matt. Have you seen you them do, eating each you other? You do see them having a cheeky bite of each other, or um, <laughs> usually it's a gang up. Usually, oh, there'll be one that's a bit brutal. injured, <laughs> wow. and the other is kind of like, oh, they sense the injured one and how we doing? Yeah, rip it apart. Oh, well, they are ancient, yeah. ancient creatures, mm. right? Like we can't forget that they've been around for a long time yep. doing this kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's really and it's, it that's is it, really a sight to see. Like if you've ever if you if you've ever snorkeled with the spider crabs or dived with them, it is really an unforgettable experience because they are absolutely everywhere. It's, it's amazing. Brilliant. It's a shame on me. I've never done it before. I've never seen the oh, spider you're crabs. Out, right? Yeah, I'll have to get down there and do it. Yeah. yeah, so they are still around at the moment, I believe. We're just after the full moon. Happy solstice, everybody. Um, so I reckon they'll be finishing up right now. Are they, Matt? Yeah, they should have molted out of their shells mostly, and they'll be uh, trying to make their way back into the deeper water. Right. Just a bit of a... A bit of a run from the predators. Yeah. You see them all kind of scurrying away as rays and sharks and all kinds of animals come after them. Unreal. Yeah. So, so they're starting that process now. So if we want to see them, are we too late or are there still a few around? Uh, there's still a few around in different pockets, but not in the numbers that um, the we'd like to see. Huge numbers, right, right. right. So Matt Destoni here, he is a marine ecologist and also a wonderful uh, underwater photographer. And uh, you are part of the Spider Crab Alliance, Matt. Um, and that was a group that was started only last week, actually, wasn't it? In, yeah. in response to community concerns about... Um, overfishing of spider crabs on the Mornington Peninsula piers during this annual migration. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, Spider Crab Alliance? Like what was 
So we formed because um, obviously every year when all tens of thousands of these crabs come in, um, they're a spectacle and kind of a cultural thing for the Mornington Peninsula. People love coming down and seeing them, bringing their families, snorkeling. And even Sir David Attenborough has come to see them. Yeah, Blue Blue Planet were out with David Attenborough um, a few years back filming the exact congregation that um, most people dive and snorkel with. Unreal. So what what has been happening lately that um, prompted the need for a Spider Crab Alliance group? So um, this year, kind of, I guess, due to a lot of media attention, a lot of people learning about the crabs, um, there's been quite a lot of fishermen coming down to the piers uh, with um, crab nets and just catching crabs by the bucket load when, when they're most vulnerable. Wow. So um, they've formed these huge piles and they come right into the shallows and you can almost scoop them up. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, Incredible. so that would be like yeah, prime time for uh, for crab fishing. But um, I heard they don't really taste that good. Is that true? Have um, you ever tasted one? No, no, I haven't tasted one. Um, I did have a suggestion that I should taste one, so I could really you know yeah. tell. But um, <laughs> the, the main main evidence we go off is that um, in order to break their shells open and molt, they have to suck in a lot of muddy water. So from everyone I've spoken to, um, they are, they do just taste like mud, really. And there's very little meat because they walk forward. They don't walk sideways. There's not a lot of muscle. So the meat is um, quite sparse. Yeah, they've got right. these really spindly, spidery legs, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why they got their name. There's there's not much to them, really, when, yeah. you, even when you see them. Yep. I thought I, I was really surprised when we, when I found out the topic of today's show because I never thought anyone was eating them because they had such a bad reputation as a as a, a table meat. You know, that's that's part of the problem is that. Um, like historically, no one's ever collected them, so there's no real fisheries catch limit. The catch limit is for standard crabs, oh. um, and we're not really clear. Fisheries haven't really made it clear to us what the catch limit is: thirty or five. And uh, that's part of the petition we've started with the Spider Crab Alliance. Is we just want to know these things. We want a bit of research into what their numbers really are, um, what the actual catch limit is, and um, we'd like to see a bit of a like a halt on fishing of spider crabs during their uh, molting period from March to July until yeah. we know that kind of thing. Absolutely. So that's in, in common with a lot of other fisheries um, uh, regulations that the Victorian Fisheries Authority have set over the years is just to have the recognised closed season. So that helps to protect uh, the, the broodstock, exactly. so to speak, and enables them to do their yeah, thing. So do you think that the reason why the catch limits per person per day are not clear, because I thought it was 30 as well, um, because I, I read something on Facebook, somebody rang, actually rang fisheries and asked them, and that's what the answer that they got. So that's not a sp- spider crab specific limit; that's a general crab limit. Is that right? Yeah, that would be a sand crab limit. Right. And um, if you're catching sand crabs, catching thirty is quite the exercise. Yeah. You need to spend all day, and and you know thirty sand crabs that's that's a fine limit. But if you're scooping them up. And it takes you 10 minutes to collect 30 crabs, and we think that's a little bit excessive. Absolutely. Plus so, the size of the crabs, too. These are huge animals, the yeah. spider crabs. Like, yeah. so, so it's really interesting because this is, to me, this, this seems to be the first time that we're really dealing with this issue. How do you think that happened? Is it because the spider crabs are so well known now? I think so. I think a lot of media attention, um, like Blue Planet and then all the radio, all the TV stations and so forth, and a lot of social media presence of crabs now. If you Google crabs Melbourne, immediately the spider crabs come up, and um, that's part of the problem. Yeah, right. So it's a, you know, the the famous spider crab, <laughs> the claim to fame. It's a two-edged sword, isn't it? That's very true. <laughs> very much so. 
Yeah, it is interesting. But because it's such a visible thing too, I guess, then there's the added advantage. People will, people like yourself, Matt, will look at it and think, well, here's a resource that's potentially getting quite a bit of publicity, quite a bit of, of, of press. Then uh, there's always going to be someone who's trying to exploit that situation and then there's always going to be others that are the guardians that look after them and think, well, this is something that's uh, yeah, going to be protected. I guess the last thing we want is for, you know, those massive spider crab aggregations to be so overfished that they, you know, the stocks are totally depleted because I, mm. I seem to remember that that was the that was happening a while ago um, with the giant cuttlefish migration is that oh, correct yeah. yeah in Wyala the giant cuttlefish migration grew to uh, critically low levels and that um, was because people would come in and collect yeah, them yeah people coming in over collecting them overfishing them really easy to get they came into the shallows to breed and uh, that was part of the problem and the issue with the crabs is that because they rely on the numbers to molt the ones this year, very few are getting away because there's so few left. They're really easy picking. They can't form their mounds. They can't protect each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. that's correct. Yeah, so the safety in numbers actually is only safe when there are numbers. So exactly. <laughs> that would be, that would be yeah, correct. Yeah, that's yeah. It. So, Matt, um, what do you, what do you, how are you guys going to do this? Because I know that a few of your members of the uh, Spider Crab Alliance group have also been very successful in Project Banjo. Um which was a campaign that liaised with the Victorian Fisheries Authority last year about protecting banjo sharks in the bay and the mistreatment of them, uh, which was a fantastic campaign, a very effective, um, built on collaboration with fisheries. Um, so are you planning on taking a similar approach or will, will it be different this time? What are you planning? Uh, the, the approach is going to be a little bit different. Um, with that campaign, it, it's really, it was a gradual build-up, uh, whereas the spider crabs, because they're here and then they're gone, it's harder to like kind of get that momentum over a long time. So we really want to push now so that next year's aggregation, we don't have to wait till next year to get that community support again. Yeah, so you, you want to do it now and build up the numbers. Yeah, build up the numbers, protect them for next year because you don't know this, this year could be the crash, next year could be the crash. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, mm, correct. Right. All right, well, this is really, really interesting. Um, thank you, Matt Testoni. We'll be chatting a little bit more. Um, you are on 3CR, 855 AM. You're listening to Out of the Blue with Andrew and Fum. And Andrew, DJ Andrew, what are we listening yeah, to today for our song? We've got a song from uh, Jimmy Barnes. This one's called The Other Side. doesn't ring any bells, but let's have a listen and see what we think. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, call the station on 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Power Radical Radio. Good morning, everyone. You are back here with us in the studio at 3CR 855 AM. You're on Out of the Blue with Andrew and Fum, and we are talking to Matt Testoni of the Spider Crab Alliance uh, and all things spider crab. Um, we've been talking about the spider crabs and kind of how they aggregate and the community worries that are going around about overfishing of spider crabs because as more well-known the spider crabs are getting and the more press they get, the more people come down to uh, to fish them when they're at their most vulnerable and most accessible. Um, so, Matt, the 
Spider Crab Alliance um, is is taking some community action to make sure that the crabs are protected. Do you want to tell us something about that? Uh, so a big part of the community action is the um, change.org petition that we're getting uh, ready to send to fisheries. Um, and then once we have that petition um, up and above 5,000 signatures at least, we can go to fisheries and we can say, look, we've got this community support. Uh, can we can we do something about the issue? Yeah, and I had a little peek at the uh, petition online just before the show and we're already at 2,511, probably more now. Now people are waking up and listening to the show, so it's, it's, it seems to be going really well. Wow. Um, so what else? How else can the public um, get involved, Matt? What can they do when they're down there, for example, at Blair Gary Pier? Um, just watching. Um, if you see anyone taking too many crabs or if you have worries about some fishing activity you think is illegal, uh, calling 13 Fish. Um, and that gets you through to Victorian Fisheries and they can kind of advise you and they can come down and have a look if there are any activities because uh, the biggest thing is like at the moment it, at the moment it's legal to take those amount of crabs and so, um, yeah, we want people not to take a negative approach yet. Yep. And uh, there has been uh, a little bit of talk about uh, divers messing with equipment or wh- what's been happening there. I saw a few messages about crab pods being taken or... Um, have you? Do you know anything about that? Like, what's what's been happening down there? Uh, there's been like the, I think the scuba diving community. Some elements have been getting a little bit frustrated, and they've unfortunately been taking the crab pots um, and or freeing the crabs or um, being a bit negative towards um, some of the fishermen that are down there. And I really want to discourage that kind of behaviour um, and let, let fisheries go um, deal with the pro, um, issue and really get through that pathway. That's it. So you, what you're saying when you talk about negative attitudes, obviously not giving them any lip or anything as such or uh, trying to take the law into your own hands. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really important part of the success of a campaign like this is where, you know, we stay really in that collaborative space because people people connect with nature in different ways and some people connect with nature and enjoy the natural environment by fishing and there's nothing wrong with that right so we need to remember to even when we're doing community actions like this i think to always um, keep the lines of communication open and positive and collaborative and as we saw with the project banjo action group last year um, having that approach of collaboration with fisheries was really uh, effective and really quite um, quick as well like the results were really fast and they were really good so um, yeah if you're out there on the pier please do call in if you see bag limits um being exceeded, so 30 crabs it is at the moment, uh, but do call 1-3-FISH and don't don't go into any confrontations with fisher people because it's just not worth it. Um, and guys like uh, Spider Crab Alliance are, uh, are onto it, so do, yeah, do sign the petition. It is certainly interesting uh, just drawing that parallel there with uh, Project Banjo because it's worth noting too that the the Victorian Fisheries Authority and uh, specifically uh, also Travis Dowling um, very very receptive to taking these things on board um, and that's been that was probably the best thing to come out of Project Banjo apart from of course the great community sentiment that was involved in getting the whole thing going PT Hirschfield of course very um, you know pink tank scuba instrumental in getting the campaign underway um, but the VFA's response to that was was really quite powerful um that they took a lot of this stuff on board and changed the legislation so the uh, things did change for the better in the end so it's good to know yeah and i think since the since they kind of revamped the victorian fisheries authority into the victorian fisheries authority Mm -hmm. um 
I, I don't know about you, Andrew, but I feel like they're much better at liaising with the community now. Yeah, that's, defi- that's definitely the feel I've got since they, um, you know, what used to be known as Fisheries Victoria, it, it almost seemed to coincide. I, I don't, now, I don't know for, for a fact what actually caused that, but, but yeah, uh, it's always great to know you're not banging your head up against a brick wall. And to see the changes come in so quickly after Project Banjo was announced and the Raise Awareness campaigns got underway and all those sorts of things, it was a, it was a really good positive uh, uh, feel to it, I guess, um, to see that change can actually happen. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, having that responsiveness from from fisheries is so important for these kinds of, of projects so that the community can really feel heard uh, and, and, and really feel supported by, by government. And uh, I don't know if you follow them on Instagram, but they've been uh, actually patrolling a fair bit. I know there's, mm. I mean, I, I did see a message uh, on Facebook that fisheries authority uh, officers are patrolling Blair Gary Pier and they are looking at uh, catch limits and, and looking at what people are taking in terms of spider crabs. So there's definitely a presence there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Instagram, it's, it's really great because they've been posting all of these um I guess uh, when, when they book someone, they've been posting photos of what these poachers have gotten out of the water. And there's yeah. usually abalone or snapper that are undersized or something like that. And then they'll not only post that, but they'll also post what they seized. So not just the catch itself, but also how many, uh, but also that they, you know, that, that they confiscated the boat and oh. they confiscated the dive gear. They confiscated trucks sometimes Absolutely. as well. Yep. And then a few weeks later, you open up your Instagram feed again and they'll report on how much these people were fined in court, which is thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, that their equipment has all been seized. Yep. Um, and they have had a massively positive response to yep, that Instagram there you, there you go. And it is very <laughs> impressive. People are loving it. It is very impressive to see that in the flesh. I should, uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, um, a little story. Back um, when Melbourne Polytechnic was uh, NMIT, Northern Melbourne Institute of TAFE, we were actually auspicing some of the training for fish- back then Fisheries Victoria uh, with regards to their Certificate 4 uh, fisheries compliance side of things. And we went to their uh, facilities out at Mornington. And just before our meeting got underway, I... I excused myself and said, look, I might just quickly visit the loo. They directed me through a workshop and I walked through this workshop and all through the whole thing, there were the, the boats, the boat trailers, the four-wheel drives, the whole box and dice. And I thought, what's with all this gear here? And they said, oh, that's all been confiscated. So it all gets uh, collected and then auctioned off at the end of the day. I know, right? It's you can just very get a boat powerful. or some dive gear or oh. a, a big uh, truck. For, yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> if, if it's a, correct. If it's, a, if it's a major abalone poaching incident that they've bust, then it's everything it's the it might be the paint scraper you're using to knock the abalone off the catch bag and the wetsuits and the snorkels and scuba gear and all that but then it's all the other stuff as well the boat the boat trailer the the, the four-wheel drive you're using to tow the boat it's incredible it's really really they yeah, hit them hard so it doesn't pay to uh to break the law no hey, it doesn't in terms of uh, poaching these days that's right so and that's of course a very positive thing that's the key thing with the poaching as well uh, of course uh, one three fish or the fisheries officers can't expect to do the uh the whole thing by themselves eyes and ears in the community that are critical to bringing it up. Absolutely. All right. So we'll be posting the link to the petition on our Facebook page um, that will happen straight after the show. So get onto it, people. Sign it if you love the spider crabs and go and see them. Go and enjoy this amazing natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Now, before we leave, we have three minutes left in the show. I can't believe how quick Uh, it goes. It does. We have the raffle. Beautiful. 
All right, so we screened 2040 last Thursday uh, for our Radiothon fundraiser with the help of Cinema Nova. They've been extremely generous in allowing us to do our fundraiser there. Uh, they have also donated two tickets in this beautiful hamper that uh, that you can win. Uh, uh, lots of really nice vegan chocolate we have in there, a bottle of wine, uh, a lovely cutlery set, reusable cutlery set that you can bring places. So I've got all the raffle tickets here. I don't know if you can hear them. That, that's, this is me. That's some good shuffling going some on there. Shuffling some good here in the bowl. All mixing. Right. And the winner is... Doo, 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 doo. It is Marge Eagles Purple C23. Marge Eagles Color Purple C23. Well, Marge, congratulations. And we will be in touch with you to get the hamper on your doorstep. Beautiful. And well done. And thank you so much to everybody who donated to the show at Radiothon and who came to our screening. It is much appreciated. Help keep Radical Radio on the on the air for another year. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. This was Out of the Blue. Uh, you were on 3CR 855 AM with Andrew and Farm. Uh, thanks to Matt Testoni uh, for coming in and talking about the spider crabs. And next up is Sally with Out of the Pan. Uganda is Kito Fiskuredata. <laughs> 